Ready? Yep. <laughs> I'm like melting over here. I'm so ready. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, it's a joyous show. Um, it is. I just want to take a quick moment and say that if you're listening to this episode, you are truly blessed. Yes. Because we are talking to the one and only Donna, Dante, Marie, Gary. They are a poet, a um, social activist that what do they not do they're super heavily involved in um the arts and organization uh and it's just such a delightful insightful conversation about them and their art and their personal journey uh until this present moment well we hope you all enjoy this episode yeah, without, without further ado. Without further ado. <laughs> we always say that. It's always like, without further ado. Without further ado. so excited to have you on the show I've we've been I've probably been talking about having you as a guest for like before Rebecca and I really confirmed that we were doing this and so I am so excited to finally have you on could we start with you introducing yourself where you're based and what you do yes okay so my name is Donna Dante Marie Gary my pronouns are they, them, theirs. I am a poet and a creator and a non-binary person and a Chicagoan, <laughs> which speaks to where I am based, which is unceded council of three fires land, um, also known as Chicago. I have lived all over Chicago. Um, currently, I live in Hermosa Park. Okay, great, great. Well, thank you. That was thank you. Perfect. <laughs> that will go down as the best introduction of this podcast, period. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else will be able to live up. Um, yep, absolutely. Um, so really, our, our, I guess we'll start at the beginning, as it were. But I don't know if I ever <laughs> asked you this. How long have you been writing poetry for? How long have you been performing poetry for I feel like you live poetry so maybe we should start with that (laughs) um that's a really wonderful question I mean I think I've probably been writing poetry as long as I could write Mm. just because I think that poetry is a form that belongs to people who call themselves poets and people who don't call themselves poets but I would say I started writing with the intention of sharing my poems Um, when I was about 15 and that was very pivotal for me it felt very different in Chicago we have something that's called like young Chicago authors Mm. and every year they host a citywide initiative where students can submit of all ages can submit a book to be published wow okay and all the students across Chicago like participate and like make these little books just depending on like how old they are and every year I would make a book and I'd always make a poem book. And like the poems were so basic. Like, <laughs> you know, rhyming red with red and blue with blue. Oh. But um, I fell in love with like spoken word poetry, uh-huh. which I think is it's completely different realm um, and intensity. Mm-hmm. When I saw a poet perform at the assembly at my high school, mm-hmm. That's <laughs> when awesome. I was like a junior Um, I remember their name was Christian Palacios shout out Christian Palacios he wrote a poem about turning 18 and every line was about every year he was born and I thought that was so cool yeah yeah. it's really cool (laughs) and I was like oh my god I want to write something like that like the poets at my school were the cool kids oh okay awesome yeah so I like that like poetry was really big in Chicago youth poetry specifically there's Mm -mm. this big festival that happens every year called louder than a bomb so be able to get onto a team and compete and win the free full ride to the national competition which is called brave new voices Mm -hmm. so I auditioned to be on the Whitney Young team after the Whitney Young team had just received a lot of publicity because 
Um, it was like, we were like an award-winning team, you know, multiple championships had been won. This is like origin story of people like Nate Marshall. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and this is your yeah, high school. This is my high school. This is your high Marshall. school. Wow. Yeah. yeah so wow, like okay. the, the LTAB, yeah. LTAB documentary was based on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Team. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, oh my goodness, this is just legacy, legacy, legacy vibes. Like I really want to get in here. <laughs> the coach at the time had like taken over for the OG coach right and Mm. so it was really controversial because obviously I wanted the OG coach because that's the championship right but I ended up getting a coach that had basically taken the team from the OG coach because they were in a position of power they were the vice principal Mm. they loved poetry Mm. they weren't a poet themselves they had a very voyeuristic relationship with the poetry team so Mm. They took the team, they put a bunch of money into it. We got merch that no other team got, but I think my self-esteem took a hit because this person didn't write poetry, right? Mm. So very critical of my work and, you know, had all kinds of ideas of how I should do things, but did not contribute vulnerability to mm. us. Mm-hmm. So that was how I got into it. I started basically as someone who was on a team and I loved building group poems. And um, I made some of my best friends my roommate I met on the Whitney Young slam wow, team. Wow. Um, like my roommate to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, so it's just taken me so far. I've been on three different teams, mm-hmm. the Whitney Young team, the first ever Goodman theater team, and then the NYU Cupsy team I actually knocked the senior off that team. <laughs> freshman year. That's right. I remember that. I remember that. (laughs) Don't feel bad. No, you deserve that spot. (laughs) I don't know this NYU senior for the record, (laughs) but um, from reading your work, I know I can tell you deserved it. (laughs) Um, When you are writing, you know, your poetry, like, how do you start? Like, do you have an image in your head? Do you have a, a narrative? Um, are there any other types of mediums that inspire you that help you get into, you know, creative thinking space? I'm a total collage person. So I'm going to show and describe the collage on my wall behind the computer. Okay. So I actually have this portrait of myself. It's beautiful. That was painted by Tiana Bracelet. Wow. And it was the first thing that went up in my new home. And I had always dreamed of having a portrait of myself. So just like inspire me to smile and like bring joy to myself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just, whenever I'm just like trying to sit down and write, I just come to this wall that has all these pictures of like, you know, people I consider my ancestors, you know, wow. um, yeah. Billie Holiday. I love yeah. her. Audrey yeah. Lord. Amazing. Um, this is the, the mundane Afrofuturist. Um, That's awesome. Comedy um just Chicago and and then I always keep like all the letters people write me um this was like my Whitney Young cross-country varsity letter <laughs> I love it this was, like, this was like a print it's this person driving into like some like ring of, of a road and there's planets and this was just a beautiful print that was in the desk that I bought for my new home. It was like a desk I got on like Craigslist. That's crazy. In the drawer. Um, yeah, wow. So yeah, like I really just try to like open my eyes. <laughs> I try to just keep track of, I don't know, the kindness in my life. And honestly, that that's what I'm trying to write, to, to generate, right? But honestly, it's more so the poems definitely write themselves. Like I'll just be sitting somewhere or walking somewhere. I'm an active daydreamer. Like daydreams just be like taking me. Um, I love that term that you just used. Yeah, like I'll just be sitting somewhere and I'll just start imagining like a different version of events happening in real time on top of Mm. the layer of reality. And it's just a matter of like, am I going to take the time to write this down? <laughs> um, there's a lot of times before I go to sleep where I'm imagining myself talking to someone and I'm like, hmm, I should, I should write down this letter. And sometimes <laughs> instead of sleeping, I write that letter and sometimes it's a poem. I like to write people a lot. I like to write thank you notes a lot. 
And so I try to go into writing, not necessarily being like, this is going to be a poem, but just trying to get down whatever's in my head mm -hmm. um, and just let it live there without judgment and then revisit it and see if it's like ready to be a poem. Cause not everything I write down is like, sometimes I'm just like I need to think about this more or like mm. I want to do research on this mm -hmm. or okay this confirms that I'm really interested in it because I just wrote about it like unabashedly for like an hour and you know I need to spend more time with this mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah oftentimes poems come to me and then if they're not coming to me and I'm like I really need to just get something out I really need to write I often will reread old poems and mm. that often inspires me because I'm like, oh, this is so bad. Why did I say it like this? I want to say it like this. <laughs> or this is how my feelings on this have changed. Let's write the new poem. Or, you know, oh, I see. I wasn't ready to finish this poem back then. Mm. Let's try it now. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, um, mm -hmm. and if that doesn't work, this is the thing that always works reading other people's poetry mm. oh, I'm always just like aghast shook <laughs> blown away hurt um mm. reading other people's poems especially out loud reading poems out yeah. loud always makes me want to write yeah um, so those are my tips and tricks <laughs> to get the poem on the page my first question immediately is what is it about poetry for you that gravitates you towards writing a poem versus maybe writing something else like a letter or a different type of piece? What about poetry does it for me? Well, I think that poetry as a realm, as a type of writing, has far less rules, mm -hmm. at least in the English language. Mm -hmm. When it comes to a sentence, right, um, there has to be a verb or a subject you, there has to be some kind of guiding factor, some beginning, some end. When it comes to a paragraph, right, mm -hmm. um, it needs to be broken up. You need to offer breath, you mm -hmm. know, space for people mm -hmm. to take a moment. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. When it comes to a poem, it, you know, it's embodied how you want people to read it and experience it. So if I want you to feel out of breath, I don't, I don't want a paragraph. I want you to feel that run on sentence five. Mm -hmm. If I want you to, to, to follow the speaker on this journey of, you know, unpredictability and, you know, you know, uh, they're a very um, untrustworthy speaker, you know, I, that means the, the words on the page, the way they arrive, the space between them needs to also be unpredictable and untrustworthy and right. And so I just find that poems are a bit more limit, limitless mm -hmm. and experimental. Mm -hmm. And that feels like a really queer opportunity for me every time I write. It's, um, if I'm playing with a form, it's about what do I want from the form mm -hmm. to give me the opportunity to get my words out. And okay. then I'm like, okay, what am I going to add to this form? <laughs> Right, because mm -hmm. I'm not concerned with my work looking exactly like someone else's work. I'm not concerned with mimicking a style exactly. I'm not concerned with following the rules. I'm concerned with experimenting with form to see, you know, what's the most successful, efficient way to get this emotion into your body because it's in mine. It's here already. So it's mm -hmm. about communication for me. It's like, you know, there are some people who prefer to talk on the phone, mm -hmm. some people who prefer to talk in person, some people who, who prefer to text, mm -hmm. right? They're all different modes, right? They're all words, but it's all different modes. And so poetry is my preferred mode of communication. It's the most fluid. It's the most ruthless. It's mm -hmm. the most unsuspecting. Mm -hmm. And it's the most dramatic. I love drama. Yeah. <laughs> you say that with such a straight face. I love it. Um, <laughs> be the same. Um, do you have any influences or, you know, you were talking about how, you know, your last resort is to just read other people's poetry. Mm -hmm. So who are your favorite poets and some of your inspirations out there? Oh, well, I know. Honestly, it's like asking someone what their favorite film is. <laughs> I mean, I've got 
three greats in front of me already you know mm-hmm. I've got Intozaki Shange yeah come on I've got Audrey Lord. yeah you know I've got I'm I'm surrounded by poetry one of my biggest influencers when I first started writing was Aziza Barnes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um just feeling like oh holy shit they know what to do with their anger mm-hmm. they know how to help us feel it um and understand how it arises and that was really fascinating to me as a young person I was a very angry young person which is hard for a lot of people to believe since I'm like so sweet now <laughs> but it was it took a lot of loving for me to be this sweet and Mm-hmm. loving from other people and loving that I could absorb mm-hmm. and reciprocate. Um, not to say I wasn't loved when I was younger. It's just, I wasn't given it the way that I was in my love language. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it I would took, say, oh. sorry, I would just say you're very passionate. Like I've, that's always something I felt about you. You're just very passionate and, and, and how you show that passion and how you direct it and, put it outward is is so I mean particularly with your poetry but also how you are with your friends and I have that privilege I've had that privilege <laughs> um it's yeah I've always felt that from you it's this passion too yeah I love giving to my friends mm-hmm. it's so luxurious to me and it feels so indulgent <laughs> um but that's a tangent mm-hmm. um I know you all <laughs> asked me a question I just feel really happy with the world that my poetry creates for other people and it's fueled by me being like brutally honest (laughs) um but yeah like I grew up I had some really a really tough upbringing Mm. and it made me want to build new kinder worlds Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. think that I can do that with poetry Mm -hmm. I mean your poetry is so beautiful and just watching you perform too is really such a treat. And I was wondering, did it? So you've been writing poetry for a long time, and you were on this. You were on different teams, but do you have a preference between writing and performing? Um, do you like them both equally? What is it like to perform your own poetry versus maybe seeing somebody else perform it or read it? Um. I love writing, but writing is also really scary. Writing is scarier to me than performing. Okay. The words are already there. It's more about memorization and being present. Um, It's more about other people's right reaction, right? Like, Mm -hmm. am I going to be held after I say this? Um, And I'm so blessed to have really great friends that come to my events that I'm like, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm -hmm. So performing is the easy part, right? I'm like, once I've already, I say words a couple of times, I'm really good at memorization. So I'm really good at getting the words just like stick mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. keep my body so that I can be present in the room. I enjoy performing a lot. I feel like I relax once I'm behind the mic, leading up to nervous, leaving the mic, nervous, talking to people on the mic. Ah, we're vibing, we're vibing, we're vibing. <laughs> writing is terrifying because writing is a constant form of discovery like it's Mm. self-discovery like you can write some shit that you can't say out loud and that is scary um and oftentimes the best most beloved poems of mine were the ones that were the hardest to write the ones where I'm like fucking balling out in my pajamas lasting emotions by Mariah Carey and you know I'm just I can't stop writing right and I'm afraid of Sometimes it's scary to be honest, but that's why I know I need poetry in my life because it Mm. forces me to be honest. Like with an essay, I feel like, you know, oh, I need to fill up the space or, you know, add these, you know, credits in, you know, I feel like I'm, I have a tendency to, to lean into bullshit. Why not? With poetry, it's all about cutting to the chase. You know, you lose people's attention when you are sugarcoating it, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and people can feel that ingenuineness. They can feel that distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a waste of my time as a writer and their time as a reader. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I like um, how you said that. It is. For sure. It's yeah, scary. I know. You're so right. It's it's such a good perspective. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love performing 
um, writing is like hell on earth. Like anytime <laughs> I'm yeah. having a couple months where I'm writing a lot, I'm dead ass going fucking through it. I'm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I just put on my galoshes and I'm like, I guess I'm just going to be in the shit this month. I'm going to be in the shit. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And this poem is so beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, I cried. I cried that one out cried every line out. <laughs> I'm such an emotional person. I'm glad it's out now because it's easier to say, it's easier to breathe, it's easier to mm-hmm. talk about now that it's written down. I have a script mm-hmm. for my emotions. Mm-hmm. What a relief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love I love everything you just said and I think a lot of us as creative people can relate to that as like the writing part is such a difficult and vulnerable and like exhausting part of the process especially you know when it's coming from such like a deep place inside you and I know you said that performing is like the easier part but like when you're actually sharing your your poetry with people and like you know they're hearing it for the first time do you find that part scary or is it more of a relief kind of like performing it is if that makes sense I think it depends on the content and the audience for many mm-hmm. years, I, you know, performed in New York, right, as an undergraduate, which is where I met the beautiful, wondrous co-host. Oh, God bless him. Kara. You know, and I really enjoyed that, but I also felt like, you know, just because of the scene in New York, it's a bit more competitive. Mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a bit more tied to like the prizes and like making a team and so okay. I was really excited to change my relationship to that when I graduated and focus more on performing poems that I was curious about how they felt out loud and not mm-hmm. just the poems that I thought would be the most crowd pleasing or you know get me the most mm-hmm. or highest score or, or like be the route be like the right amount of time on stage to mm-hmm. capture empathy, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. There was definitely a intentional change I made about being more intentional about which open mics I went to instead of just going to anything just to like, you know, increase my presence and mm-hmm. make it more popular. You know, I just have been like, mm, if there aren't people there that I'm guaranteed gonna be fucking with, like, I don't need to share this with them yeah like I'm not trying to get I always tell people I'm not trying to become famous like (laughs) I don't need people in my business (laughs) like people don't like if you zoom out like most poets are famous like years after they passed away like Mm -hmm, I don't think Mm -hmm. being a poet is about being famous yeah yeah Um, yeah. no yeah it's more so about the community I can build with my poetry to soothe and affirm and like build with my actual like soul and spirit like if I'm building something or a space or contributing to it and it's not filled with people who care about my life force Mm -hmm. like it's not worth it for me anymore Mm -hmm. it's not sustainable for me anymore I just Mm -hmm. value my time and I know that my my the impact my words have on people so I'm just at this point it's all about you know my words are for my people like fuck getting published just for exposure like I'm not I don't want equal exposure I don't want exposure from everybody I want the people who have the the experiences that are where they're feeling invalidated for years and felt alone and isolated like myself and hearing this poem is like holy shit it's refreshing and it's a reminder that they're human and that you know their feelings are real that's that's my audience. Those are my people. And people who want to celebrate my life force. Those are my people. And so I've kind of, I've really had to unlearn the eagerness to be published or to perform. And I've had to reel it in and be a lot more picky mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. intentional about mm-hmm. where I share my poetry because shorties out here will devour me and devour my work and Mm -hmm. give me nothing in return to sustain my work Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. sustain my life force and to sustain the life force Mm -hmm. of people who are like me so I'm just wary of that and I feel like it's just made me a better a better writer a better Mm -hmm. performer a more present person um then I'm just excited about the future wow good 
I had, you're talking so beautifully and I had a question and then it totally went out the window. Our, our favorite recent phrase, the train has left the station <laughs> whenever we lose our train of thought. Uh, yeah. um, you speak so beautifully though. Like, I don't know how, yeah. like, I, I can't speak like for more than a minute without saying, um, or like, it's so bad. It's such a bad habit. I don't have training. You know, I was yeah. blessed to take a class in high school um, with Miss Graff. And Miss Graff used to be the OG Whitney Young coach for the team. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I took their oratory class. So mm -hmm. I learned like all about different types of speeches. And we actually became very close in that class. Mm -hmm. And they gave me like a bunch of their clothes when I graduated. I know, I'm crying. Um, and I still have them and they're all like these different dresses from all over the world because they used to travel a lot and they were like, you're gonna do big things. And like, I can't donate to your GoFundMe to NYU, but like, I can give you all these clothes. And I was literally like, this is perfect. I'm never gonna forget you. Now, um, I'm legitimately crying <laughs> so, myself. I literally just teared up, so. I just, I feel really That's blessed really that I got to learn how to just pay attention to myself and how to be present a bit in my body. I still think that I am nowhere near my peak as a performer. I am such a perfectionist, um, <laughs> but I have I have been told very much so that my voice is very melodic, very calming, mm -hmm. lullabyic. And that's what I struggle with because I be trying to bring the heat, um, <laughs> the anger in the poem. But I just be over here sounding like I'm trying to rock a baby to sleep. So <laughs> no. I struggle with, <laughs> I struggle, right? I'm like, and that's the thing. A lot of my friends are like, Donna, every time I come over to your house, I fall asleep. Like, how does that happen? And I'm like, this is my intention. It's <laughs> <laughs> what I want. I love that. Can rest now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Like if, if that's all I'm known for, like not even my poetry, but just like my friends and my homies know that when they're around me, mm -hmm. they can rest. <sighs> that's beautiful to me. That's enough. Mm. That is enough. I, I yeah, that's that's such a kind sentiment and such a honorable thing to feel. And you really truly feel it. Like you can hear it how you say it. I can see it. Mm -hmm. I mean, through the screen, unfortunately, but you know, I, there's, <laughs> you sense that and spending time, if you ever have the chance to spend time with Donna and have like a conversation with them, with Dante, it's, it's beautiful. Like, and it doesn't have to, I think for, for as much of the soothing, but also the true discussion and maybe delving into more complicated or complex or difficult emotional emotional vulnerable you know to invite that space and definitely I feel like you invite that space to have oh those yes yes yeah. I just hosted a poet party and that's this event series that I do yeah I mean, we were going to ask you about it so I think it's so yes. great yeah, yes of course <laughs> it was our next question yeah so tell us Tell us about what this is program. a poet party? Yeah. Tell okay. Us. So poet party is a gathering virtual or in person. Um, usually I'm the host with one collaborator. I like to collaborate with my friends, with different organizations, with different spaces. Poet parties usually travel with me. Um, but it's just an opportunity to share first drafts in an invite only space. So I invite half the folks and then my collaborator invites half the folks and we both agree on like what we want those people to have in common. So the latest poet party I collaborated with the open mic series hosted by Luya Poetry, which is a Chicago based open mic series that centers Filipinx and mm -hmm. black and indigenous people of color in Chicago. And so I was like, hey, y'all, I want to create a space where some of the folks who are a little bit shy at the open mic who come every week but don't share, you know, maybe they can come to a different event that's co-hosted by Leah mm -hmm. and just share first drafts. And the most important part of the space is that it's a non-performative space. Mm. No memorized work is allowed. First drafts only, right? Mm -hmm. Just trusting folks. And at the top of the hour, you know, we do a free write so that if folks didn't get a chance to write that day, they can write. Obviously, you know, anytime I host an event, I'm doing some breath work. I'm like, bring it in, breathe it out. And then, of course, I, I am 
the queen of events. So I love, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I love any excuse to get, you know, my friends from around this spot to meet my friends from this spot. Ooh. <laughs> I just have fun introducing and, to, and contextualizing the people in the room mm-hmm. and then just helping ground people as much as possible with good vibes. And then every single time y'all, like I show you not, people who come there and say, I'm not going to read, I'm not going to share, I'm just here to listen. Everybody reads, everybody writes. So I think that's just a testament to what our lovely co-hosts were saying, just like when you're just put in the right space, in the right environment, you know, you got Donna over here with the calming voice and the non-judgment and the good vibes and snacks. And I love tea. I usually <laughs> have tea at these events. You just got to relax and you mm-hmm. got to write the poem. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been hosting poet parties again. I've taken obviously a hiatus during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. This is my first poet party in over a year and a half. I'm hoping to bring them back more. They literally come together just when people message me and they're like, hey, would you be down to host a poet party? And I'm like, uh, yes I would okay um I'm like am I sending the zoom link or are you um I did to host more poet parties in person again like it was so fun to host them and um I posted them everywhere I posted a poet party in DC in Chicago in New York in Chinatown just where in DC because I went to school in DC so like there is this uh, there's so many spots so there (laughs) are so many spots um it was like three years ago and I'm pretty sure it was I think it was somewhere in Foggy Bottom because I was living I had an internship also that's the other thing is outside of poetry I do a million things Um, we we, we have a lot of questions (laughs) so I had a a dual internship at the time that summer and so you know I was just a busy bee I wanted to also have a poet party <laughs> yeah why well, just add on to the list <laughs> right I was like but what about the poets in DC I'm meeting all these politicians and the people in the libraries but what about the poets where are they <laughs> so I just enjoy getting to meet people through the events I host well if you're ever in DC again Brooklyn it's pronounced Brooklyn but it's spelled like Brookland is like a great scene for the arts and there, there's this restaurant called busboys and poets and it has like a poetry stage and everything it's like really cool <laughs> so oh, yeah uh, i've heard of them i've been there i've performed yeah the mic a couple times no um, way oh yes and <laughs> one time i performed you know i was over i was i had an internship for the whole summer so i was getting cozy and i performed and at the time it was like the CEO or the director, it was the director of Split This Rock approached me and was like, hey, you know, you should really consider submitting, you know, some of your poetry to the open submissions for Split This Rock. And I was like, oh my goodness, that'd be phenomenal. I love the poetry database. And literally like the next week, the director like left and there's a new director. And I was like, lol so no guess not oh no <laughs> this, this email they gave me is bunk oh, um no. if they're hearing this you know i'm still trying to get chose but this rock can still choose me um <laughs> if you hear this no you didn't <laughs> but yes you did <laughs> but yeah it just you know all things like that happen all the time where people mm-hmm. are just like oh my goodness you should check out my literary mic and then I emailed them and they're like we will be getting back to you in six to nine months I'm like lol so poetry (laughs) that's the thing a lot of people I love your face right now Rebecca a lot of people don't realize like the world of poetry it's like such a long timeline for publishing they submit your work and you can hear back within three months or two years Mm -hmm. you know a lot of things are volunteer run Mm -hmm. yeah so that's why I was like I'm not trying to get famous through poetry. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be famous in approximately approximately three to two years. (laughs) Um, Three to two years. That was not, that did not make sense. I was going to comment, but then I, then you beat me to it. Um, (laughs) But that's the inconsistency of what, of what they're talking about. But I love that you're creating this like, you know, super open space for poets to just bring in like a, super raw first draft of poetry and 
takes the pressure off, takes the edge off of it. And just like you said, creating a non-judgmental space and it's friends and it's food and it's tea and it's poetry. And it's, I think there, there's big, so much benefit from that. Yeah, like a big part of starting is having the right environment to start working mm. in. You know, and if, if you've always felt like, oh, I really want to write a poem or I always really want to create something that's like this, but you don't have that space or maybe it's for you, for the first time, it's easier to be surrounded by other people doing it. That can, I'm sure that's like super beneficial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Other people who are also, you know, non-poets and don't mm-hmm. call themselves writers, like those folks are encouraged to mm-hmm. roll up just hang out and just not worry about being like having this competition energy of yeah yeah <laughs> like they're not trying to get discovered they're actually just trying to get their words out of their yeah. body do you do you think that since, since you travel and you were saying your poetry parties travel with you and I love that idea because it's you know it's about also your engagement with everybody else but do you think that place has a big effect on your work I mean it's less about where my body is and more about where my mind is mm-hmm mm-hmm you know, because I love history so much and I primarily read nonfiction. So mm-hmm. I think that it's more about what I need to process. And I sometimes see. I need mm-hmm. to process the past and sometimes I need to actually take the time to imagine a different future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself that my poetry serves me first. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not, my poetry isn't always about processing because sometimes I'm just like, this is, just for shits and giggles <laughs> that's important too but yeah I mean I'm definitely someone who's grounded in place like the entire time I was in New York I was like okay New York's lit but I love Chicago better and I'm trying to be back in Chicago <laughs> <actually."> like <laughs> so um and I'm super obsessed with longing and memory mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so a lot of my poems are about retelling the past, right? Yeah. With more truth in it or yeah. with a different perspective mm-hmm. or, you know, or with yeah. multiple perspectives. Yeah. And so I think of myself as a poet. I'm also a, his- a historian. Mm-hmm. So my work is definitely grounded in the fact that you know my family arrived here through the great migration mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I really enjoy exploring what that means what the ramifications of that are that and what the origin of that is yeah yeah and you know I see every individual poem as just like one tiny piece of like a very long oral history <laughs> yeah and it's like making a puzzle from scratch but you don't know what the end of the puzzle is going to look like yeah. until you're dead isn't isn't that art I don't know I feel like that's like the artistic journey I was just talking to my dad about how I feel very fortunate to be an artist because I there's no I don't feel a pressure to have something achieved right now as a 24 year old and I look up to people who are in you know who are either long dead or who are in their 50s and their 60s who are really bringing it and it's so cool to know that they've had this whole life that is leading them to this moment to make X, Y, Z. So I, I, I love what you said about looking back when you're dead and you can appreciate yes. what you've amassed. I'm not afraid. Yeah. yeah. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of, of aging. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's got to happen. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> inevitable. Yeah. It's like also super gross because humans are kind of <laughs> ugly compared to every other animal. <laughs> I was just at the zoo and I was like, why can't I be a majestic giraffe? Like their eyelashes are so long and curly. Why can't Can I- my tongue be purple and fucking 11 <laughs> inches long? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you do like a million other things outside of poetry. So like, tell us a bit about that. What else do you do? Kara, can you please help guide me? Like where? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think are, what are you, how about start where you are currently and maybe how it led to where you are currently current, current, that's a good grasp okay so <laughs> currently I work from home mm-hmm. I am a operations manager for Free Street Theater 
Okay. Which is a Chicago-based social justice community theater that primarily does devised theater with mm-hmm. folks of all ages. We mm-hmm. have two youth ensembles and we employ hundreds of contractors every wow. year, wow. including during the pandemic. So wow. I am the head of contractor payroll and you know, wow. do a lot of primary communication with our contractors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those are just, you know, lighting, sound design, yeah. our actors, um, performers, yeah. people who are contributing to the work and being in it. Yeah. Um, we don't do volunteers at Free Street. Everyone is compensated at okay. a minimum of $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. And all the shows are pay what you can. Mm. So it's a nonprofit that yeah. I really enjoy working with and building with. Mm-hmm. Um, I am currently co-curating the Night Out in the Parks show for Free Street Theater. Amazing. Showcase of different artists and, you know, centering grief and transformation and spirituality. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I've been helping produce the 57 Blocks virtual show, oh. which is live this month. There's three more showings in June. <laughs> um, definitely check out the Eventbrite for 57 Blocks. We'll I, include a link in our description. So beautiful. send me the link. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so yeah, I'm the shorty that's working on the event rights and <laughs> making sure people get paid. And then I am also the operations coordinator at Honey Pot Performance Collective, <laughs> which <laughs> I am their operations coordinator specifically for the We Will Chicago Initiative, which okay. is the first citywide plan that's being initiated in Chicago for the first time in over 40 years. Wow. Last time we tried to do something like this, Harold Washington was in office. Mm. So this is going to be an artist-led engagement. And so the contractors I work with at Honeypot are all artists that are leading teams and building workshops and um, going into community to kind of educate and learn and collect data from Chicagoans about what they want Chicago to look like, what they want transportation and housing to look like, what they want economic development to look like, things like that. So it's a really exciting, just like mind-blowing project to be. (laughs) Yeah, they're all insane. Yeah. If you can't tell, Dante is very involved with social justice and and art. Like I think think that's what I think of the marriage of the two through and through. Mm -hmm. And it's so clear in in everything we're working on right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what I do a majority of the time. And then I have recently supplemented that work with, um, I am a consultant with AdSpin Consulting. I'm a tech facilitator and accessibility producer. So what that looks like is I kind of help think about ways to make the virtual engagement for the meetings just like more accessible and mm. think of ideas for, you know, everything from the proposals to the the Google Slides and things like that. And then on the day of, I do a lot of technical support mm-hmm. um, and I do like the tech check and things like that. And then I'm also a tech facilitator with Morden Group. Wow. And Morden Group is a larger entity that's also based in Chicago. And, you know, both Morgan, well, both Morden and Atspin Consulting to work with nonprofits and for-profits help them with their process and equity consulting so I just enjoy being a fly on the wall being a supportive person helping make the experience on zoom just like flow smoother yeah um so those are my main roles right now I also (laughs) volunteer with support hose and run the back end of their zine store yeah Um, yeah yeah I'll be sharing a link to the support hose collective website where folks can Honestly, this access so much free content that will educate you on everything from language around sex working to, you know, the latest news Mm -hmm. to, you know, some zines you can use to support some of our incarcerated comrades who are still fighting for their freedom and their Mm -hmm. clemency. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's everything I can remember that I do on a weekly basis. (laughs) 
right now. Note that you said main role. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not all that you do. That's insane. Wow. Yeah, I think I think the people listening are like, oh my God, I do like maybe one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Not even. I yeah. just like, I like, um, you know, I make my own schedule mm-hmm. with, you know, when it comes to tech association. And when I'm available, that's when I can do the tech. And then with Free Street, you know, they're anti-burnout culture. And mm-hmm. so it's really wonderful. You know, I make my own hours. It's very task and project oriented. Mm-hmm. That's great. So yeah. it's been nice to kind of just be able to just have only a couple standing meetings and be yeah. able to build my day. Yeah. That's... However that works for me. I'm also definitely a workaholic and addicted <laughs> to my email. 100%. <laughs> yeah, but I love everything that you've mentioned and... I was gonna. We were gonna ask you about support hose and and how you got involved there and and the work that you do yeah. there. Yeah, I would like to know more about that. I love support hose. Okay, so it all started when I was fourteen, and <laughs> I attended a march in downtown Chicago called mm-hmm. Footwalk Chicago, and I fell in love with that march and with the opportunity to meet you know survivors of sexual assault and just yeah. like be in a speakout and just like dress however the hell I wanted and make a bunch of noise downtown. And one of the organizers at the time named Red Schulte invited me to, you know, share a poem at the next slut walk. And then, you know, it was a, a landslide from there. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm sharing a poem, I'm leading chants, I'm organizing the next slut walk. And, you know, <laughs> and then Red moved and, you know, started helping out um, primarily with support hose, mm-hmm. which is kind of this, it's this close collective that's made up of three or four clemency campaigns for sex workers who are you know clemency just means that you you know you have your record cleared you're free Mm -hmm. and so the clemency campaigns were for people who who are friends or family members um who were participating in sex work who you know they felt because of however things went down they were wrongfully incarcerated they were Mm -hmm. wrongfully punished Mm -hmm. Um, they were punished for surviving an encounter with a john they were punished for you know Mm -hmm. um Mm-hmm. The people that ended up hurt in a situation being very connected with judges or the police. And so yeah. Red was just like, you know, I could, you know, when I was living in New York, every now and then, every couple of months, Red would ask me, you know, a favor of me. Hey, can you drop off these scenes somewhere? Or hey, can you, you know, host this letter writing event? Like, I can't make it. I'm not in town. You know, just wanting someone they trusted from Chicago to help out. And, you know, I just would be there for them when I could. I didn't really think I was doing that much since, you know, compared to everything else in my life, it was every couple months. Yeah. And so after a couple of years of that, you know, Red was like, oh my goodness, you're an honorary member of support hose. You're always helping us. And I was like, I thought this is what everybody did. You know, you you host a letter writing party every now and then, you know, and so it kind of just grew over time. And I also got to know the people that, you know, the incarcerated folks and one of those people that he came close to over that time, just writing letters of support and organizing letter writing parties for them was Alicia Walker. So, and that's one of Red's best friends. And so it's just gotten to to this point where this year, you know, I'm taking an even last year, I've taken an even more active role in support hose running the back end of the zine store, which I really took on to just help unburden Red. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. I was just like, I, because you're my friend but it's great that you work with this wonderful organization and then you know red was like one of my dreams is to commission you to build a zine about your political journey and so i was like i'm down so you know with the help of support hose they commissioned me to build a zine about my political journey which is still in the works because Mm -hmm. obviously i'm doing but it's this book I guess it's you know, the zine that I'm making and I'm contributing you know mm-hmm. handmade drawings and wow. you know original poems and original essays and trying to capture the story of how I got involved with support hoes and why everyone should support sex workers and now the last two months I, I released a series of poetry workshops and letter writing parties to stir up buzz and to help get donations for Alicia Walker's post-release fund. Yeah. Alicia's going to be released in less than 30 days, supposedly. Yeah. So we've just been activating on all fronts, trying to get attention on the website, trying Mm -hmm. to get people to buy scenes because that's just how we raise money and Mm -hmm. 
we reached our goal, which was really great. Um, and now I'm just in the, the long stretch and I'm just focused on keeping in contact with Alicia and Mm -hmm. making the neighborhood as welcoming as possible. Yeah. So it's been a wonderful journey with support hose. Honestly, it's mostly been a journey of friendship and (laughs) growing and blooming behind bars and between state. And I'm really happy to be involved with support hose and they're very supportive of me. They're very flexible with me. They're very understanding, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was commissioned to the zine late last year and you know, I am a perfectionist and they're just rolling with it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So, that's, I mean, that's so awesome. I just well, feel really blessed. Yeah. I, but so whenever it's available, let us know. I can't wait to. Yeah. It's called Behind Every Poem is a World. Mm-hmm. And so the concept was just that this zine I'm creating is there to give context to some of my more, I guess, like social justice mm-hmm. oriented poems. Mm-hmm. right to give essays to contextualize and research and drawings yeah so that's kind of just how I'm envisioning it and building it that's awesome I know um, our listeners can't see your smile but but like, yeah ha- I just I love like seeing how happy like you were just so happy talking about your experience and your past few years and I just love that it's you know you can just I was gonna say you're so passionate about it yeah, I was I was gonna say this when you showed us your the portrait of yourself, but if you haven't seen Dante Smile, it's um I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just yeah. such a it's such a beautiful it's, it's a such beautiful a beautiful smile. smile. It really yeah. Um, I can't help but smile like when I'm talking about this. Like my face hurts right now. I don't want to smile, but I can't help it. I can't help it. That's great. Um I love that. So I I mean, what else do I say? I really have no, nothing else to ask. It was such a privilege, well, an immense I, honor. Yeah. If you don't have to, no, no pressure. But I would love to hear a poem uh, as a closing, yes. perhaps. But no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> but no pressure. Okay. Let's see. How controversial can I get? Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna read a little bit of a rowdy poem, but I think y'all will enjoy it. It's called, um, and this is also the trigger warning because it's the title. It's called, I'm standing outside of a record store. And of course I have to lose my shit because someone takes a picture of me without my consent. So the trigger warning is white supremacy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I also do like allude to like the murder of, and the, the genocide of black people in this mm-hmm. poem. So I do want to give people that heads up. Yeah. Um, and I, I get angry. I get angry. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is obviously inspired by the phenomenal Aziza Barnes. So the title is I'm standing outside of a record store. And of course I have to lose my shit because someone takes a picture of me without my consent. By Donna Dante Marie Gary, after Aziza Barnes. Only a woman stuck in my head, a song unlike another song, perspiring gutless with sharp faced impulse. I was gone from cause and resistant of hope. I was only a woman by day, only in everything by night. Only and only by way of breathing. I'm off my apples, up on my sour, low on fizz. I'm the worst soda. This decade, I walk and flash. There go another white man, thirsting for my candid, my easy glow, my loose teeth, all wound to fury, waiting to cut or draw blood luminous to the camera i am the fraction between light and light i can't be captured but they try and try my body pit down my smile pent up my eyes wide watch 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 whose nightmare is this anyway ghost casual hippie free i sing someone's song 
I never mind when my mouth is open. Only when I am closed can the twisted unfurl, untrue, unmake. I can't keep up with none of these imaginations. These days spent waiting to sleep, impatient for waking. I'm forgetting another detail, wish, reminder, friend, dream. I can't remember who told me I had to get it all down and on time too. Or this is just the desperate curse, the hovering noose, the whistle song, the forgotten, forgotten. I'm doomed to know more about the past and the present with a body I can't even imagine a future. Oh, yonder, will you take me somewhere where my hands aren't tied, where speaking what has been held in these hands is not a crime, where my desire to be perceived with tenderness is not ludicrous and hearsay, where my people and our memories and our memories of our people are not means for our death. So that is a poem that I wrote inspired by Susan Barnes. It's currently unpublished, so you all are such gems to get to hear a little bit of it. Um, thank you for having me today and holding space for my unabashed anger at white men who take professional, like giant Nikon fucking level pictures of people without their consent, like flashing in their face, like. I didn't think that was real, but it keeps happening to me. So oh, I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, but um, thank you, thank you so much I mean, for sharing. Seriously. Yeah, wow. It it I'm so like weighed down by what I just heard, and, and... <laughs> that was like a whole other experience. Yeah, like so. Wow. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. Seriously, and, and thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. I'm um, I'm blowing kisses at you both. <laughs> I know that we're we're on audio. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I got to meet you. I mean, this it, it's been such an amazing conversation. I can't wait for and the two of you to be in the same room together. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I, like, well, I want to come to one of your performances when I'm back in the states. And <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, you're not you're you're out of the states. And yeah, Kara, where are you? I'm at my parents' house in oh, Connecticut. 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 Yeah. Hold up. Connecticut. Connecticut. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I hope just quickly, we get to like see each other. Yes. Just quickly sign off. Say your name again. Say where we can find you on all things social and all that good stuff. All right, y'all. This is Donna Dante Marie Gary with the Imperfect Podcast. Ooh. Signing off. You can find me on social media on Instagram. You can follow me at Aphrodite, which is spelled at symbol A as in apple, F as in fro, R as in fro, O as in fro, underscore D-Y-E, underscore T as in tea that you be sipping with me, T-E-A. Please follow me on social media and stay in the loop on my next upcoming events. And I am so honored to have been on this podcast today. We're so honored to have you. Yeah, thank you. Thank that was you. the best sign off ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Wow. I mean, what? Uh, I don't even know what else to say other than that was just, wasn't that incredible? Didn't you get was that not walk the away best from that? hour of your life? Yeah, I mean, seriously. And what a privilege to like hear their poem. I mean, I'm just like, I'm like, it's speechless, honestly. It just, it's. Yeah. And, you know, full disclosure, we're recording this like 20 minutes after we got off the call. And I'm still like just stuck with the, with the weight of that poem and what mm -hmm. Dante was re reflecting on and talking about. And, um, yeah. So I hope, I hope that you go back, rewind, re listen. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I know I'll be doing that. Yeah. For but, sure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dante, for being on the show. You can find them on all, on Instagram at Afro 
underscore die underscore t also linked in our description below mm-hmm. we'll be posting and following up with them about um some of their public events and their works as they're going to be published so definitely be sure to check out and follow us to be on top of that as well at the podcast imperfect um if you want to if you're a featured artist and would like to be on the show you can send us you can dm us or you can send us an email at the podcast imperfect at gmail.com and you can follow me kara at quiet open space all one word and you can follow me rebecca at <laughs> rebecca <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry i'm just laughing i because, added my um, name <laughs> no i'm just laughing because <laughs> Our last outro was like, and you could follow me, Rebecca Nisco Music. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of these back to back, so we're a little bit late. <laughs> oh, and, and as a last little, I'm going to, I'm not going to shut up about this, but back up your shit. Yeah. Back seriously, it up. Just seriously. do it. Back it up. Okay. I just backed <laughs> up mine. It takes like, it takes, you know, you don't even notice it's happening. Just yeah. back it up. Doesn't yeah. take that long. No. Well, all right. Again, thank you to Dante for being on the show, and thank yeah. you all for listening. Hope you have a beautiful, a day. beautiful day, evening, morning, whatever time it is when you're listening to this. 